Think through this with us today on The Balanced Word. Who helped you to get where you are today? Who is it? Who's the unknown people? Have you thought through it and acknowledged the fact that, wow, I got here because a whole lot of people who were not perfect, but they were there at the right time and God used them. And I'm not where I am if it weren't for those people. I would encourage you to go back through your list and think of people that touched you in a certain way. That's your final chapter. That's your final tribute. That's your equivalent to what David does here. Do it. You'll end up being blessed because you'll realize, wow, there were a lot of heroes in my past. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. And the instrument I play. Wake up my voice. Let the world hear me say, you are worshiped and it's all to If you think long and hard, you can probably identify some people in your life that helped you get where you are today. Maybe it was a school teacher, a parent, or pastor. Today on The Balanced Word, we'll pause to reflect on these forgotten heroes, just as King David did at the end of his life. You're about to hear of some very loyal guys in David's life that had his back. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Verse 11, the Philistines had gathered together to a piece of ground that was full of lentils. It was where they had their vegetables growing. This guy made the list, Shammah, because he got in the middle of the field and put his life on the line to protect the food supply. See, protecting vegetables? I don't know. I probably wouldn't mention it. But that was their survival. No one could win a battle if they didn't have nutrition and were able to eat. And so David's like, the guy that protected the kitchen... That guy is as much of a hero as anybody else. He made it possible for the soldiers to be fed. He was willing to fight to continue to keep the food supply going. And so he got listed. And then there's 30, he mentions these 30 guys that, you know, it was harvest time and David was in Adullam there in the wilderness and the Philistines had surrounded Bethlehem, David's hometown, and David was just sitting there going, man, you know what would taste good right now? When I was a kid, I remember that well right outside Bethlehem. And that water was so refreshing. It was so delicious. I'm here in the wilderness living in a cave. What I wouldn't give for some water out of that well that I drank from when I was a kid. And these three guys took off and battled their way, and we don't know how many soldiers died with them doing it, but we know about these three guys. They got a cup of water right under the noses of the Philistines, brought it back to David and go, here, does this taste familiar? David, as you read on in the story, he goes, I didn't want anybody to jeopardize their life for me. Man, I appreciate it, but he took the water and he said, I'm going to pour it out before the Lord. And he poured it out on the ground. And I'm sure they're like, what? But now he's saying, I understood what you guys were doing. You had my back. You wanted to take care of me. You wanted to make me more comfortable. You wanted to bless me. You wanted to cheer me up. And he's saying, as a leader, that meant so much to me. It meant more than just getting some water. And so he takes these three guys and he goes, 
I never forgot that. Now, this story tells something about, as a leader, that there were some guys who were totally loyal to David, who would risk their life to bring him a cup of water, to help him to feel more comfortable. Anybody who's ever been in leadership understands that, man, if there's somebody there that just cares about you, what a difference that makes, even in kind of silly ways. I, you know, I've had, as a pastor, you go through tough times and things are hard. And there are certain people, there was one person who just, you know, came to me and said, Dave, I'm afraid you're, you're going to fall apart if you just keep doing what you're doing. It wouldn't kill anybody for you to take a day off. For, you don't need to be here on Monday. Another time he went and talked, you know, he goes, you, the board hasn't given you a raise in like three or four years. And he went and talked to them and said, this is wrong. And, and they rectified it. And it's like, a guy like that, it's just like, I, I don't want it for me. But you understand what loyalty is. You understand what love looks like. You, when there's somebody who you know has your back, even in some silly little thing that doesn't matter so much, man, leaders know what it's like to be betrayed. It happens constantly. I know in a church, there's always somebody who gets mad about something and leaves. But there are people who, you know, and I look at all the years I've been at this church, there are some people who have been here the whole time I was here. They were here before me, and they just continue to serve in amazing ways. And you don't know how much that means to just have somebody who has your back. I have people who pray for me every week and tell me that they pray. Just send me even a prayer. And I'm like, you don't know what that is. It seems like a simple thing. But man, knowing that people have your back, knowing that people care about you and how you are doing and wanting to, to encourage you in any way that they can or they want to bless you. You know, some of the notes I get and things like that are just like, those are the things that keep you going. And I would never solicit it. And I'm not now. And I really, I'm uncomfortable and embarrassed sometimes when people tell me, oh, I'm so amazing. And at the same time, it's like, I can't accept that. I have to offer that up to the Lord. But man, I'll never forget those times when I was at, on the mat at the count of nine and somebody came along and said, here, I want to bless you. And so that's David. And he's like, I never forgot. Then he goes on and it's interesting that he now mentions Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruah, who was part of another one. He lifted his spear against 300 guys killed them and won a name among these three. And he was the most honored of those three. Now, Abishai, we know something about. He was kind of David's bodyguard, but he was always known as the brother of Joab. Joab got, he was the general. He got all the attention and he deserved it. He was amazing. But now it's like, I don't want to forget his brother. Now, a little bit later, he, he also mentions his other brother down in verse 24, Azahel. But here he mentions Abishai and what he accomplished. And then he mentions Benaiah, who killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. And he killed a lion in the middle of a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian. He's listing these things and just going, these guys are, I want to honor them right now. Azahel in verse 24, the brother of Joab. Remember him? He was like a kid. He wanted to be like his big brother's. And, you know, uh, Joab and Abishai. So he went after Abner, 
the, the general for Saul. And, you know, he's chasing him down. And Abner's going, knock it off, man. You're a punk kid. But if I have to kill you, then your brother's going to come and kill me. And in fact, that's what happened. He ends up killing him. And, and then he ends up being killed by his two brothers. But David says, I don't want to forget Azahel. And that little guy was stupid, but he scrapped. He gave his life for what he believed. He felt like he was fighting for us. And I want to mention him. And then he just starts naming all these guys. And most of them are people that aren't in Scripture anywhere else. You don't know them. But he's making this list of names. It's interesting, down in verse 34, he mentions Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilonite. Ahithophel was one of David's best friends. This was his son. Ahithophel ended up trying to kill David. But his son, you know, he was a warrior and he wanted to acknowledge him. His son was also the father of Bathsheba, David's wife. So it's like he's honoring this even though, ooh, that might remind us of some stuff. He goes down and the armor bearer of Joab, Neherai, um, gets mentioned like, yeah, everybody remembers Joab, but how about the guy in front of him? How about his? But then what's a trip is you get to the end of the chapter and the last guy listed, unbelievable, and Uriah the Hittite. David's writing his list of people whose lives mattered in his kingdom and to him and people that he looks back on and says, I want to honor them. And I wonder, as he's going through the list, he's thinking, I don't know, man. I'm thinking of all these guys, and I'm thinking of one of the most loyal soldiers I had wasn't even Jewish. He was a Hittite. And I had him killed so I could take his wife from him. But then he goes, I can't leave him off the list. And in fact, he gave him the most notable position at the end of the list, at the top, finally, Uriah the Hittite. Now that's integrity. That's a leader who will say, you know, this person, everybody knows what happened. And it's weird. And every time you see me with my, my youngest wife, you're remembering her husband. But I'm just telling you, man, I'll never forget that guy. Even though I had him killed. I'm not perfect. But I'm not going to be in denial about something that really mattered. Sometimes we look back in our lives and there are people who it didn't end well for us. But can we acknowledge the place they had in our lives? Can we acknowledge how God used them for a time? They're not perfect. None of us are. But listing all of these guys, and I just love that Uriah's at the end of the whole thing. I, I, that is something that I've thought about a bunch and I'll always, when I think of this chapter I'm going to think of the last guy on the list, this Hittite loyal soldier so loyal to David that he, he refused to even take advantage of a situation he had to go back into the battle and he got set up and that was it and now David's about to die himself and he's like I want to honor that guy for every one of us first of all we have to ask the answer the question, am I going to be the kind of person who lives with integrity, who lives in a just way? Am I going to deal honestly about myself and with others? 
Am I going to do it perfectly? No. But is that who I desire to be? No one can answer that question except you when you decide, do you want to be real or do you want to pretend? Are you going to do what's going to serve you well? Are you willing to make yourself look bad in order to make sure that you at least look real? See, you can't really lead people if you're not being you. You're only deceiving people. It's just a scam. It's just an ad campaign. And it's so important in every area of life that we decide, I want people to know that I'm real, that I'm just. And it'll be refreshing. It'll be a blessing to people, even though it won't be perfect, but you'll find God's grace and somehow he'll get you through it. But I think every one of us, too, we need to think back on who got me where I am today. Some of the people that God used in my life, it may have not ended well. Others, nobody ever heard of. I could give you a list of people that I could say, these guys had an incredible influence, not only in my life, but in everybody that, you know, that God did in our church and other, like, I think of, you know, for, I was at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa for so many years. I think of Hal Fisher, who was one of the original, he was on the board when they called Pastor Chuck to come to Calvary Chapel, when it was just a handful of people. He's a, a career policeman, ended up being the police chief in Placentia. He was in Costa Mesa before and in Marysville up in Northern California. And Hal, I, he was one of the closest friends that I had. And that guy had integrity. He would tell the truth. Oh, I can remember him being devastated. But in all the years that he was involved in leadership in that church, he would speak the truth. And I'm telling you, in some ways, what God did at that church couldn't have happened apart from some of the things that he did. Trust me. And I can come up with a list of a lot of people. I mean, Pastor Romain, I'm telling you. And by the way, when they make movies, they leave out this list of guys. They just tell you about the stars. But there was no Calvary Chapel. There was no Jesus movement without Pastor Romain. Trust me. And just an amazing, faithful man. And the thing about him that you, tr- that you love the most, he would tell you the truth. And he's on my list. Who's on yours? Who helped you to get where you are today? Who is it? Who's the unknown people that are in your past? Somebody like, uh, you know... Donna here, her dad was like that to me. He was just always there, always supportive. We all have our list, but have you thought about it? Have you thought through it and acknowledged the fact that, wow, I got here because a whole lot of people who were not perfect, but they were there at the right time and God used them, and I'm not where I am if it weren't for those people. I would encourage you to go back through your list and think of people that, touched you in a certain way. That's your final chapter. That's your final tribute. That's your equivalent to what David does here. Do it. You'll end up being blessed because you'll realize, wow, there were a lot of heroes in my past that were, some of them were just heroes for a day, but they were heroes. And I'll never forget them, and I couldn't be where I am without them. Um, You know, it also, you know, people like to be acknowledged, too. I when the first Macintosh computer came out in 1984, it revolutionized computing because graphic user interface, the great Super Bowl ad in 1984 when they introduced the product. But the Macintosh computer was like a box. And 
you couldn't even take it apart. Their point was you don't need to, but it had special screws. You had to have a special screwdriver to take it apart. Well, you know, of course, I had to contact some Chinese company, get one of those screwdrivers. I just wanted to see inside it. And you look inside the back case, and Steve Jobs, who ran the, pro the project of designing the Macintosh computer, he had a team of renegades at Apple that put this computer together. And when he made the casting for this fiberglass case, every member of that team autographed the casting. And in every Macintosh computer, all those names were there. Very few people ever saw those names. But imagine if you were that person that thought, millions of people are going to be able to accomplish lots of work. Great books will be written, great works of art, great advertising campaigns, great academic exercises are going to happen, and my name is in there. Yeah, it's not on the outside cover. That makes it even more magical in a way that it's like, it's in there. Somebody acknowledged it. It's one of the things that made Apple such a, such a fascinating company. But it's one of the things that, in all of our lives, like, are there acknowledgments? Have you ever even let somebody know, hey, if I'm writing my 2 Samuel 23, I'm putting a sentence in there for you. You made a difference for me. We need to think like that. Now, and in a sense, all these people in this chapter, this is a Memorial Day tribute to them. It's like they would, most of them probably died fighting for the freedom of this nation of Israel. But we look at our past as those of us who are Americans, um, we think somebody died so that we could have this piece of land. Somebody died so that we can have the freedoms that we have. As much as you may not like it, somebody died so that freaks could promote their stupid agenda without being killed. You act like, oh no, we need to, we need to shut these people down. Move to Iran. They don't have those kind of freaks there. But people died so that we could have the freedom to be wrong, to be stupid, to be everything else that we are, and to worship God. And so understanding that is good for us to remember. Nothing comes without a sacrifice. And that there are people who died so that we could live. Pastor Ken and Lindsay were just over on a, on a cruise and a tour of Europe. And Ken, I asked him, what was the highlight? Went to you know, England and Ireland and Scotland. And he said the, the highlight easily was Normandy, where on D-Day in World War II, we invaded France in order, to, in, in order to begin to defeat Hitler. And over 4,000 people died, Americans died in one day. 10,000 of our allied troops altogether died one day on the beach at Normandy. In France, and there are Kenny said there's these. You've seen pictures of them, the graveyards, with all of these flags representing Americans who gave their lives. And you know, Jerry sent me an article that showed there are French people today who dedicate themselves to. Each of them will adopt a grave of an American soldier who died at Normandy, and. They say, the French go, we know that their family is way over in the United States. They can't come here and put flowers on the graves. So we adopt the graves and we put flowers on them and we keep them nice and 
tidy and put crosses and put American flags on them and things like that. It's like, that's amazing. And Ken felt being there at Normandy was like, this is heavy. How many Americans have even been there or even acknowledge it? Or when it's Memorial Day, we think of all of those lives that were given so that we could go have a barbecue tomorrow or so that we could do whatever else we're going to do tomorrow. And it's like Memorial Day. You can't just completely live and, oh, I'm miserable. But just stop and remember, like Roger was suggesting, just a little bit. Acknowledge that freedom isn't free. That what we have, somebody else died so that we could be here. As David said, here's a list of people that made it possible for Israel to exist, for me to be the king of Israel, for me to be free to write what I want to write, and for this nation to go on moving forward. The future is all due to the credit that belongs to a lot of anonymous people who were willing to put their lives on the line so that we could be free. So for me, this chapter, I'll always think of it as David's Memorial Day. But it's something that when we read it, we have a little thinking to do and a little thankfulness to do too. I encourage you this week to maybe think about who it is that's, that you, if you were just mentioning, not a big trip, but who was there in a way that sacrificed to make what, who you are and what you've become possible. Just mention it, even in your own mind. But write it down. If they're still alive, let them know, hey, you, you've really made a difference in my life. That kind of acknowledgement is what helps us discover integrity. Because integrity comes when you're humbled enough to realize, I'm not a self-made person. There are a whole lot of people that had to do what they did in order for me to be here where I am. And being that kind of a person can also make you really refreshing. It can also make it possible for God to use you in special ways. And so that's kind of my second Samuel 23 um, deal. You're listening to The Balanced Word with our pastor and teacher, Dave Rolfe. Today's message is part of our study in First and Second Samuel called Kingdom Building. Stay with us for more teaching from Pastor Dave in just a moment. These programs are available by podcast at thebalancedword.com. You can also call and request a CD copy at 949-362-7475. You might also want to request the entire Kingdom Building series, again at 949-362-7475. We'd also like to offer you Pastor Dave's Through the Bible in a Year series on a USB thumb drive for a gift of $25 or more. Go through the Bible in a year with Pastor Dave by ordering this special series today. Again, call 949-362-7475 or order online at thebalancedword.com. Your gifts help to make these shows possible on stations like this one all across the nation. Thank you for standing with us with either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support. Donations can be made at thebalancedword.com. Have you had a chance to listen to Pastor Dave's one-minute messages? You can listen to those at thebalancedword.com and even join our mailing list so you can have them delivered to you each day. You can watch them on Instagram or Facebook too by following CC Pacific Hills. Pastor Dave would love to have you join us at Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Our service times on Sunday morning are at 8, 9.45 and 11.30. 
Directions and more information about the church can be found online at ccpacifichills.org. You can watch our live stream there too, ccpacifichills.org. If we can pray for you in any way, we ask that you contact us through thebalancedword.com or by calling us at 949-362-7475. Let's wrap things up now in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you always remember us. Thank you that you bless us based on our heart, not on our execution. Though we intend to be real, we often slip and fall. Help us to honor even those who we've hurt. Help us to honor those who've come before us, who have fought alongside us, even those who were just there with us a short time in our lives and then you moved us on or you moved them on. We remember. We thank you for those people around the world, but in particular Americans, who took our future seriously enough and as valuable enough that they were willing to put their life on the line to make what we enjoy possible. We thank you for this reminder. We thank you for this scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about consequences next time on The Balanced Word as our Kingdom Building series continues. This program is brought to you by Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and online at thebalancedword.com. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hands. And the instrument I play. Wake up my